listening to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. You know, they say that we're blowing the doors off traditional talk radio. And one of the reasons that uh, folks have said that is because of the kind of conversations and the people that we have on the show, people like my guest today, I have to tell you that I am a, a former New Yorker, as a matter of fact, born in the Bronx, raised in New York, uh, lived there most of my life, and uh, I look back, and every time I go back to, you know, visit with families and friends, I am still struck by the events of 9-11, and, you know, in a very profound way, in a way that, you know, for me, growing up in New York City, uh, getting uh, traveling from Jersey to New York and, and crossing, uh, you know, the river, getting into the, you know, downtown in that area has always been a part of my life. And so today we're going to have a conversation about those events, but about also, you know, about the aftermath of the events. We're going to be talking with um, just a fabulous individual who has written an amazing book. The book is called Closure, The Untold Story of the Ground Zero Recovery Mission. And I am talking about Lieutenant William Keegan. The stories that we're going to tell today, the topics that we are going to cover today, um, will take you on a journey. will take you on a journey from an insider's point of view uh, around what happened on that day and what is continuing to happen with all of the courageous people that have shared in the recovery of uh, World Trade Center events. And so, you know, today I'm really very, very honored. I'm very, very honored to have with us a highly, highly decorated lieutenant in the Special Operations Division and a 20-year veteran of the Port Authority Police Department. I'm talking about Bill Keegan. Operations Commander of the WTC Rescue Recovery Team. He was awarded the highest medal for the WTC 9-11 Assault. Other awards include 1993 WCTC Bombing Medal of Valor for his rescue of school children trapped in a stalled elevator. I mean, I can go on. The Hanratty Medal of Valor, 14 um, meritorious medals, 36 excellent police duty medals. This is an individual who dedicates his life dedicates his life to community service. Uh, Lieutenant Keegan is a member of the New York Police Department and New Jersey Honor Legion, and for his work at Ground Zero was officially awarded the rank of colonel by the Attorney General of Kentucky. He is still active helping workers who have suffered injury, trauma, during the rescue and recovery operation. For those of you that know me and have listened to my show for the three years that we've been on, you know that I went into New York and I did interviews uh, with the folks that participated in the recovery, folks that um, who I talked with whose skin uh, was peeling off, folks who couldn't breathe, uh, courageous firefighters, policemen, local businesses, people that were there, uh, went back in uh, after, you know, the, the several days after the event because their lives were there, their livelihood, and yet went in with such deep sorrow. And as a result of all of that, we have with us today Lieutenant Keegan, and he brings a story to the table that many uh, want to hear and very few have, have told. So with, with great pleasure and honor, um, let me introduce you to Lieutenant William Keegan, and, and thank you, uh, Lieutenant Keegan, thank you so much for joining the show today. Hi, Pat. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, I just touched a little bit upon some of the things we're going to talk about today. And, and still, years later, uh, the sorrow, uh, the aftermath, still in New York City, my hometown. So it does bring tears to my eyes. And I want to ask you all that you've done, the book that you've written, the question that I ask everyone I've ever interviewed is this. What are some of the challenges? What are some of the obstacles that you, 
you, a decorated lieutenant, William Keegan, have had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? Well, uh, right from the very beginning, it was just a, a huge undertaking. I, I was not at the World Trade Center. That morning I received a phone call as I was with my daughter, who is, um, has a Rett syndrome, R-E-T-T syndrome, and I was going for a speech um, analysis to see how we could better communicate with her if she doesn't speak. And uh, I got a phone call at the hospital saying that a, a plane had driven into the World Trade Center. And at that time, I think we, like a lot of people, we thought it was just a mistake by a, a pilot who was lost. And then I got another phone call saying that another plane had come in. And then obviously, being a Port Authority police lieutenant, uh, and we're always very vigilant about terrorism since we were at the World Trade Center in 93. And we have all of those target-rich areas like the George Washington Bridge, the Lincoln Tunnel, the seaports and airports. We knew right away it was terrorism. I left the uh, speech and um, evaluation and uh, arrived home, kissed my wife and kids goodbye, and drove up the turnpike. And now, Pat, you were saying that you're from this area. Anybody who knows the turnpike, it's seven lanes in each direction, and it is packed on any given day at any time of the day. And on that particular day of September 11th, when I entered onto the turnpike at around 11 o'clock and listening to my radio, it was completely empty except for ambulances and camouflaged military trucks. And um, it w then it started to dawn on me just exactly what was happening here, ambulances and military trucks. And I drove up that empty uh, New Jersey turnpike, and as I approached the Hudson River, you go over what they call the turnpike extension, you come up on a bridge, and to my left was actually where I grew up and was the church, the green top of the church right to my left, and, and the school I went to as a, as a young guy. And as I looked forward... Right across the Hudson River, I saw that big billowing cloud of smoke, and it was going right down the Hudson River heading south. And it, it dawned on me again, my God, this is going to be different than 93. And it's, but I was still in somewhat of denial. I'm listening to the radio. They're talking about how the buildings had come down, how many people may have been in there. But it was always my hope, I'm sure, as most people, that you know, somehow they all got out. When I got to the Holland Tunnel, I saw both sides of the plaza full with uh, ambulances um, just waiting to be staged, but not moving. And as I got a little closer, we have a large garage with, like, snow equipment and things like that, and they were all out of the garage. And inside were all cots with IV poles and people in white coats sitting around. But they, would, they were just talking. There was nothing going on. There was nobody injured. And then I realized it started to dawn on me that those who got out got out, and those who didn't get out had perished. As I drove through the Holland Tunnel, it was like my last moment of peace because when I came out on the other side on New York, it's there where it, it hit me again with that, all of that dust and paper just flying everywhere. And the thing was is that there was nobody in the streets. All there were were uh, buildings with alarms going off and cars with alarms going off and dust everywhere. And people had taken their fingers and had written in the windshields of cars, you know, God help us. And it started to really come down on me. And as I got closer to the World Trade Center, I saw rescue recovery workers who were walking away from the site, and they were covered in that white dust. And all you could see is like the blue or the green of their eyes. And, and in order to talk to them, you actually had to grab them by the arm, and you had to stop them because they were just staring at that thousand miles away. They were staring at the horizons. They didn't even know people were around them. And you had to grab them. You, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You know, uh, I'm, I'm doing fine. Uh, and then it, it started to get to me that these guys were still in trauma some hours later. And I looked down West Street at that point, and I saw the, the smoldering World Trade Centers that had been, I watched being built from across the river in Jersey City. I saw the place where I had, you know, Port Authority owned these buildings. That's where I took my test to come on the job. This is where I got promoted from. This is where a lot of my friends and I, you know, would have a, a couple of beers uh, after work or, or things, and, and then all of a sudden it was gone. And here it was in New York City looking more like Hamburg, Germany in World War II than the city and, and the buildings that we all came to love. And I looked down the street, and that's, that's my first impressions. And then, again, I get still in somewhat denial. I grab a sergeant, and I say, you know, Sarge, what's going on down there? He says, it's not good. I said, what do you mean it's not good? He goes, it's, it's really bad. And I said to him, I said, well, did we lose anybody? He looked at me like, what, are you crazy? He goes, of course, yeah, we lost a lot. I said, what do you mean a lot? I said, what do you, numbers. He goes, I don't know, 50, 60, 70. And I'm thinking now, 
50, 60, 70 of my friends that were Port Authority officers, and, and ultimately we did lose 37 police officers from the from the Port Authority Police Department, which is large for us because we're only 1,100 uh, person de- department. Yeah. And it was then that I realized that just what I was looking at, and like you said, you know, at, at that point I tried to get myself back composed, and and one of the things as I had mentioned about my daughter is uh, she has this red syndrome, and and it right away took me back to the time I was sitting there with doctors and the doctors said those words that, you know, no parent ever wants to hear. And it was, you know, your daughter is mentally retarded. And when that sergeant started saying to me, we lost a lot, maybe 50, maybe 60, maybe more. It was that that same physical pain. It was that same emotional pain. It's sort of like I had been taken to my knees. And the only way I know to recover from that is to start to do things positive, to start working towards getting out of that situation and thinking that the glass somehow is going to be half full. We're going to find all of those people who are missing. And that's what I did. What's preventing you or your business from obtaining your goals, dreams, and vision? The Inquiring Mind is your partner. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. as Stephanie Durham, professional life coach, presents ACEs, Authenticity, Choices, Empowerment, and Success. Spanning 25 years of successful business tenure, in addition to over four years of training with Caroline Mace at the CMED Institute, Stephanie's authenticity and vast knowledge helps you objectively explore wise choices with her finely attuned facilitator skills, leading you to personal empowerment and ultimate success. Do you know you have power to create what you want in your life and in business? You do. This message will self-absorb in five seconds. Call us toll-free at 1-866-461-64. What if everything you've learned about health was false? What if you could sort fact from fiction about where health comes from? How would it affect your wellness? Join Dr. Scott Lynch of Crown Hill Chiropractic in a six-week series that explores the myths about healing and health care and reveals where the power to heal truly resides. You won't want to miss this series, June, July, and August, on the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Are you feeling stuck, heavy, or crusted over in some part of your life? Have you lost your spark? Would you like help realizing your dream? Do you know what you want? Call Dr. Pat Vasily, certified career and belief coach, who wants to help you stop those negative thoughts that keep you running in circles. This award-winning author and researcher, Dr. Pat Vasily, brings a powerful, innovative approach to helping individuals live life full out. Call 206-523-5522 for a free consultation. That's 206-523-5522. Health Radio Network is streaming online 24-7 at healthradionetwork.com. Want to get out of the rat race and stay out? Let Mary Hendrickson, cash flow specialist from First Horizon Home Loans, show you how. Mary takes 27 years of successful banking and brokering and turns them into stepping stones that pave the way to your financial independence. All loans closed for Dr. Pat Show listeners receive a $300 reduction in closing costs. Call Mary today at 425-576-2249 and begin your path to financial freedom. That's 425-576-2249. Mode Organic Salon is Seattle's premier organic beauty salon. Our trained professionals specialize in providing organic and natural hair, skin, nail, and cosmetic services customized to your specific attributes and lifestyle. Visit ModeOrganic.com or call 206-623-0195 to schedule. Mention the Dr. Pat Show and get 15% off your first service. For beauty that's more than skin deep, visit Mode Organic Salon. How healthy is your beauty salon? Radio Network is streaming this show and other great health talk shows online 24 hours a day, seven days a week at healthradionetwork.com. And now back to the show. Perfect. All right, here we go.
Hi, this is Pat. Uh, this is you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Uh, we are so thrilled to be bringing this show to you, our new a new pre- new show on Saturdays, and we've got lots to talk about. As I mentioned before, I'm here with Lieutenant William Keegan, and we're talking about many things, all of which are included in his book. His book is called Closure: The Untold Story of the Ground Zero Recovery Mission. And you know, Lieutenant Keegan, thank you. So so much for joining the show today. There were many, many things that you saw, that you saw firsthand, many things that you discovered. And so let me ask you this question. I've read this book. There are points in this book where there were tears running down my face, but at the same time, there was such, such a ray of hope that comes out of what you have written. What was your vision? I mean, what do you hope to accomplish uh, through this book, through people reading it? Well, I'm glad you felt that way because... Um, it... You know, it was therapeutic for me to write, but it was also painful for me to relive a lot of these things in such painful detail. But I thought it was important. I thought it was important that the families that lost, they understand what lengths and dangers we faced in order to try to give them a little closure. The the second thing is is that I wanted to bring to light to people throughout this country and world the, the incredible spirit of the rescue recovery workers, how we were undaunted by the incredible task facing us on September 11th uh, after the buildings fell. And for those nine months later, the Port Authority Police Department did not rotate their personnel out. I was there every day, six to seven days a week, 12 hours. You're kidding. For the nine months. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. Yeah. And neither did my men and the women that worked for me. Uh, The fire department rotated their people through. They would work a month down there, then they'd be off for two or three months, and then they'd come back. Um, Port Authority police didn't do that. So we were there every day, and I was able to witness, you know, the incredible humanity, compassion on a day-to-day basis of how human beings responded to this incredible day of pain and sorrow. And that was what I wanted the book to come out. I wanted to, and I talk about that, how some of the facts are hard for me, for some people to hear. They're even harder for me to talk about. But what I wanted to show was the contrast between the lows and then showing the incredible spirit of, of Americans, of, of men and women, when they come together and support a common mission. And that gives you hope. Interestingly enough, on the cover of my book, which is uh, named Closure, there's a cross. And that cross was found around September 23rd by a construction worker named Frankie Seleccia. And, you know, it's funny how sometimes these things come to people that he's just a laborer, not a special man, but a, a, a good man, and he looked across this field of strewn ironworks, and he saw this one 20-foot cross standing up tall. On Now, what's key about September 23rd, it was around September 23rd that very silently we realized that it was no longer a rescue mission, it was really going to just be a recovery mission. And at our job, a transition from trying to save people to trying to save remains and save property so we could return personal effects and return them to families. And all of a sudden, at the same time when we're struggling with this and feeling as if, you know, the glass wasn't just half full, it, was, it, may, it may be less, this cross appears. And everybody down the site would visit it and say a prayer to their own faith or say a prayer to each other. And all of a sudden, it, you know, it gave us a sense of hope. And it was that hope that sort of went through the site and helped maintain our um, stamina over those nine months. And well, I have to tell you, the cover of the book is is absolutely striking, and uh, you know, my cousin, uh, who was part of uh, some of the cleanup, uh, absolutely uh, recognized the cover of the book in the cross, yes. and it really does talk to people that are there, part of what's going on, to really the faith that they have, the commitment, the loyalty, and the dedication that they had to participating in an event that, for personally, I hope we never have to go through again. But it really is historic. And I, the cover of the book has just blown me away. You know, it, it, let me ask you this. There are many things to talk about. I want to uh, begin a conversation with you in this segment that talks about uh, some of the unique experiences that you've had, some of the things that people perhaps didn't know about because you reveal so much in this book. Well, there are little personal things like, uh, you know, 
one of the cops that worked for me, Ray, who had carried around his best friend's picture in his pocket. And one night um, in the end of November, we found his friend and he uh. had perished. And as we put the flag across the body and we picked up the body to take out to the honor guard, he took a picture out of his pocket and placed it on the American flag. And I just was so moved by that token that he had been carrying that picture around in hopes that he would find him and be able to put it on that flag, um, things like that. Then there's, there's other things that were much bigger. There was the half a billion dollars, billion dollars in gold and silver that came to symbolize maybe our first real victory to those terrorists in that I was told that they needed to remove this half a billion dollars because if they didn't and the buildings around it, the buildings four, five, and six were collapsed upon it, and the world found out that this much gold and silver was inaccessible, it would drive the COMEX market spiraling downward, which would affect negatively the world economy. Absolutely. When I heard that. I said, okay, this is more than just a distraction from my core mission of, of finding remains and personal effects. i got to get this done because there's no way that these terrorists are going to win another battle here. So what we did is, is over the course of four nights and four days, we removed 133 Brinks trucks full of gold and silver to the Brooklyn Navy Yards. And we powered up the World Trade Center. It was under its own power. The elevator worked. The lights went on, and we were able to remove all of that gold and silver. And it was our way of saying, you know, we're back in business and that we have begun to recover and that we are resilient people. And there's a number of other stories, you know, similar to, to that type of work where, um, you know, either, uh, you know, I talk about my family, and it was an important chapter in the book, is to talk about how it was for me and how it was for them and my wife wrote much of that chapter where she talks about how difficult it was for her to be alone for nine months, to not have a husband for nine months, for my kids to not have a father for nine months. I was absorbed, totally absorbed in, in, in the World Trade Center rescue recovery mission. I, was, uh, I had two cell phones. I had three radios. Even on my one day off when I would get a day off, my radio, my radio would be going or the, or the phones would be going. And on my one day off, believe it or not, I was useless to anybody. All I want to do is lay on the couch and sort of uh, recharge the batteries. So, you know, that's also another part in the book that I talk about. I talk about meeting with the families on the last day when the last piece of steel came out. And I walked up that bridge. <laughs> I was down below six levels at the World Trade Center. And I didn't know there was all these people up there with all the cameras and, and the news crews. And as I came up the bridge and started to make the turn around onto West Street, following that last piece of steel that came out, it was total silence, but I could see there was people that looked like a, a, a 10 or 12 deep. And at those 10 or 12 deep, all of a sudden, as we made that turn, one person started clapping, just a single beat of a hand. And the next thing you know, the whole crowd was clapping and crying and saying, holding up signs, thank you, in silence, like, thank you. And that's when I felt it again is that the entire support of this country, and especially New Yorkers, for our mission was there. All right. Hold on. Hold that thought. We're going to come right back. You're listening to the show, everyone. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. We'll be back with Lieutenant William Keegan. Get ready. Closure. if you choose to accept it, is to discover what's preventing you or your business from obtaining your goals, dreams, and vision. The Inquiring Mind is your partner. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. as Stephanie Durham, professional life coach, presents ACEs, Authenticity, Choices, Empowerment, and Success. Spanning 25 years of successful business tenure, in addition to over four years of training with Caroline Mace at the CMED Institute, 
Stephanie's authenticity and vast knowledge helps you objectively explore wise choices with her finely attuned facilitator skills, leading you to personal empowerment and ultimate success. Do you know you have power to create what you want in your life and in business? You do. This message will self-absorb in five seconds. Call us toll-free at 1-866-461-6463. I love being on the Dr. Pat Show, Alternative Talk Radio. It is a pleasure to be with a person who is so bright, so soulful, and so very practical. Listening to the Dr. Pat Show can really enrich your life. If you want more information about me, Dr. Joan Borisenko, go to my website, JoanBorisenko.com. The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili. Would you like one of the most rewarding sales jobs of your life? The Dr. Pat Show has rapidly grown into the number one radio show to live by. The Dr. Pat Show is hailed for its remarkable guests, sponsors with integrity, and amazing listeners. Dr. Pat is in search of a creative, self-starting, energetic person to join the marketing team. If you're interested in helping promote and sustain the Dr. Pat Show, please submit your resume to pat at the drpatshow.com. Again, that's pat at the drpatshow.com. This is your opportunity to make a difference in your community and the world. Called the Oprah of Radio by her listeners. Award-winning host Dr. Pat Vasily is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit the drpatshow.com. That's T-H-E-D-R-Patshow.com for listening times in your area. What if everything you've learned about health was false? What if you could sort fact from fiction about where health comes from? How would it affect your wellness? Join Dr. Scott Lynch of Crown Hill Chiropractic in a six-week series that explores the myths about healing and health care and reveals where the power to heal truly resides. You won't want to miss this series, June, July, and August, on the Dr. Pat Show. program provides general information relating to health. Listeners should not individually rely on the information given here because we're all a little bit different from one another. This program is definitely not a substitute for a consultation with a qualified medical doctor. We encourage you to make an appointment with your own doctor in order to resolve any of your health concerns. Now, back to the show. Wow, welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive By. If you want to find out more about the show, and uh, we're on air live, uh, 11 hours, six cities, three Internet stations, simply go to www.thedrpatshow.com, sign up for the newsletter. You'll be able to find out a week in advance who we're going to be talking with, people like my very special guest today, Lieutenant William Keegan. And thank you, uh, thank you, Lieutenant Keegan, for joining the show today. The book is Closure, the untold story of the Ground Zero Recovery Mission. You know, we're talking about a lot today. I wish we had two, three hours to have this conversation because there is so, so, the, the information is very, very important. I mean, let me just get to a couple of quick questions because I have to tell you, I went back into the city several times and, you know, I was just struck by how there was still debris. I can't imagine going in, and I'm looking at the pictures in the book. You are not wearing masks, and I, I cannot imagine what the effects, the health issues are uh, for someone like yourself in there every day. Well, yeah, and in the beginning of the site, uh, we did not have um, any kind of mask other than those little surgical white masks that you, right. you see doctors wearing and things. Um, and then later on, a couple of weeks later, we started to get some of the masks coming down, um, but it was very difficult to work in those masks, uh, to communicate in those masks. Uh, we used them um, a lot when we would go into voids or if we were in an area that there was a lot of the uh, dust being kicked up. But, um, you know, it was one of those situations, I think, where we all knew that the air was no good. We all knew what we were doing was dangerous, uh, physically dangerous, mentally dangerous, dangerous. 
um, and also, um, you know, that the, the long-term effects. Not only, I mean, when you're walking around on pieces of steel with a fire burning below you at 1,200, 1,500 degrees, there's imminent danger. But we also knew of the long-term uh, dangers also. Well, let, let's let's talk about this a little bit. You know, I, after reading the book, I, w- I was really struck by a number of different things. But I've got to ask you: um, Do you have friends uh, who were killed, and if so, what, how do their families? I mean, what do folks think about you taking this story out into the public? Well, uh, like I said, you know, one of the reasons I wrote this is because a lot of the families were um, involved in their own pain and, and trying to pull their lives together, and. I'm not so sure what, that they knew what we had done down there for them. And I wanted to give them some answers. I don't think that it's possible for somebody to move on unless they've known in the past everything that there is to know, uh, that they, their, answer, their questions are answered, that they've gotten honest answers from somebody who was actually there. That was one of the reasons for me writing this book, is so that people could understand that we push the envelope on safety, we push the envelopes on what the human uh, condition can bear, in order to try to give them some sense of closure. And you're right. This whole area here in the New Jersey, Connecticut, New York area has touched very personally. I don't think there's anybody who doesn't live in this area who doesn't know somebody who perished in, in the World Trade Center, knows a family who lost somebody on that day. And, and that's what makes it difficult when you live in this area you know, a lot of people would like to just move on, and I'm talking about a lot of the corporate leaders and, and municipal and, and state leaders and federal leaders, for that matter. Um, they'd like to just move on away from this whole situation, but unfortunately, it's something we need to deal with. Again, we need honest answers about what is the situation, honest answers about what were we breathing down there. Just think about this, Beth. The World Trade Center was 220 stories, 110 and 110. Each of those stories was one acre. That's 220 acres of telephones, computers, glass, steel, rugs, in other words, plastics, burning jet fuel. And, and this burned all the way through December. We were walking around in an area that all of this was burning. Now, I can count on one hand the number of telephones I found. They were gone. They were in the air. They were in what I was breathing. They were in the dust. All the cement was pulverized back to its initial, original form, that really thin, uh, light dusting that kept getting on our skin and was breathed through our noses and mouths. I didn't find any computers. A piece of glass was like a big find. People wanted to etch their names in the glass or give it to a family because they found a piece of glass. Where did all the glass go? It was being burnt. It was being pulverized. It was brought back to the little small crystals that glass can be. Again, very easily uh, taken into the body. The rugs, I mean, that's all toxic materials. And that's what we walked around for nine months. We walked on on a toxic site, burning all of these plastics below and breathing all of the dust that was kicked up every time we walked around. You know, we we are, you know, just to take a little bit from your intro, all of us thought of ourselves as sort of regular people, you know, and we we did heroic things maybe on that, over that time, or at least brave things. I think the heroes are all the people who were killed on September 11th. But, you know, we found out very quickly as we started to leave the site that we were just men and women. And a lot of the illnesses that have come forward now uh, as a testament to that, that uh, we were, uh, we are all going through our own physical problems and mental. Well, and I, I want to say that because, you know, two things I want to point out to everyone. Now, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. I'm here with Lieutenant William Keegan. I want to say this, that there are so many courageous stories. Yes, I would agree with you. Uh, the people that have passed, the people that were part of that horrific event uh, are light workers. They're, um, um, their souls are forever embedded in our hearts. Uh, and at the same time, there were thousands of people that stepped up to the plate that really went back in and said, you will not defeat us. We are not going down. We are going to step up here and show you what we're made from. And that's the story that you tell in the book. As a result of that, though, I want to point out 
that I have been in communication with so many people that have stepped forward, and their health is just just horrible horrible and the traditional um, the traditional medical approaches are just not working i mean when a woman walks up to me and says to me look at my skin is falling off and my doctor says there's nothing else that we can do what do you say and you have had you've had some problems yourself so when we come back we're going to be talking with Lieutenant William Keegan. We're going to be talking about what some of the issues are, what we're hearing in the media. Uh, in the media, we're hearing it now, Lieutenant Keegan. We're hearing now stories that people are really suffering uh, life-threatening um, illnesses and conditions. And when we come back, we're going to hear from you. We're going to hear your story, and we're going to hear how people can really take care and heal themselves, not just around this issue, but anyone. In this way. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. We've got lots to reveal. Again, my guest, Lieutenant William Keegan. We'll be right back. Are you aware of the invisible forces behind your behaviors? The Empowerment Partnership is, and they'd like to make them visible to you. One of the largest NLP training organizations in the world, says Dun & Bradstreet. The Empowerment Partnership is the industry gold standard in trainings for NLP, hypnosis, and the ancient Hawaiian spiritual system of HUNA. Their students come from a wide-ranging background business, education, psychology, and spirituality. Their mission is to empower you with an understanding of what makes you and others tick and to teach you the tools and techniques that will unlock your hidden gifts. The Empowerment Partnership. Whatever you think you are, you're more than that. Call 800-800-MIND or visit NLP.com and mention the Dr. Pat Show to receive a special discount. I'm Dr. Pat Basile, the host of The Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. I would like to help you take your empowering message to a community of people looking for products and services that honor the dignity of the human spirit, value all life on earth, and tap into the one true freedom we have, the freedom to choose. Let The Dr. Pat Show be your conduit to a global community of people who could benefit most from your product and service. Join the buzz, be the buzz, and let our success be your success. For more information, call me, Dr. Pat, at 206-523-5522. That's 206-523-5522. Join the Dr. Pat Show, the show that is changing the lives of thousands. The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. Occasional digestion got you down? After meals, do you feel bloated, heavy, tummy hurt? Does occasional heartburn and indigestion or a just plain tired feeling take the energy out of your day? Vital digestive enzymes are needed to properly digest food and E12 provides them all. Customers often report a dramatic life improvement. Call now, 1-866-NO-BLOAT. That's right, 1-866-NO-BLOAT and discover E12 food enzymes, the digestive secret thousands have benefited from. Okay, everyone, listen up. Dr. Pat brings you her favorite organic wines from the Organic Wine Company, direct to you for this limited-time special offer. Would you like to enjoy the luscious taste of natural grapes grown with love for the land and tantalizing your taste buds at the same time? Well, Dr. Pat has selected three of her favorite wines for only $49, a 40% savings. Visit www.thedrpatshow.com and click on Dr. Pat's Picks for this special offer. Or you can call one 326 Radio Network is streaming this show and other great health talk shows online 24 hours a day, seven days a week at healthradionetwork.com. And now back to the show. 
Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. Well, I got to tell you, I'm here with an amazing individual, Lieutenant William Keegan. The book is called Closure, and uh, we want to make sure that everyone knows how to get a copy of this book. Pretty much, Lieutenant Keegan, they can get it just about anywhere. They can, uh, Amazon.com or uh, Barnes & Noble or any of those. Uh, they can, and also in, in major bookstores. Yeah, and if you want to find out more on the web, www.closure9-11.com, closure9-11.com. Okay, let's talk about some of the folks that you know. What's really going on? I mean, it's hitting the media now. Just briefly about some of the conditions, some of the things that are that people are are, are really experiencing. What happened as a result of that? What happened to you? Well, in November of '01, I, um, you know, the site starts uh, slowing down just that little bit. We get into some sort of system now, and the adrenaline uh, recedes a little bit, and I run through my first uh, bronchitis, uh, which was followed by a sinusitis attack. Um, I never missed work, but I was taking uh, antibiotics while I was working. I also, uh, prior to that, had uh, something had happened in my neck and my one arm. Um, was giving me a lot of trouble. I didn't have the strength from that one arm. But, you know, we just kept going. I, I had trouble breathing through my nose. Um, I was losing my voice uh, by the end of the uh, 12-hour shift uh, where I was having difficulty talking. And then when I would re- rest for about eight hours, it would come back, and I was able to do the next night. So I was going through this um, starting in November. Uh, I guess around March, it got worse again, um, and instead of just the uh, antibiotics, I started to take an Advair um, uh, inhaler so that I could breathe a little bit better. And I was obviously taking a lot of lozenges, and I I was just filling my body full of actually junk. Um, The Advair inhalants, you know, have a lot of steroids in them. uh, I I was eating lozenges. I was uh, up my nose. I was taking things there. I was putting eye drops in my eyes. And I was treating all of these symptoms. And finally, the site ended in June, and I was sort of just trying to get to that point. If I can get to June, then I'll be out of here, and I'm sure I'll get better. And I had given myself, I figured by the end of the summer, I should start feeling a lot better. I'm away from all of this garbage, and I'll, I'll get better. But the fact of the matter was is I wasn't getting any better. I was actually getting worse because these toxins, these materials that were inside of me, was starting to like coagulate inside my system. And I was getting uh, one after another of the sinusitis and bronchitis attacks, and my eyes were killing me. Every day I woke up, it took me almost an hour before I could breathe properly. Here's, here's my routine. Wake up, walk into the kitchen, my family would be there. I would be exhausted because I didn't sleep the night before because I kept waking up because I couldn't breathe. And this isn't even talking about nightmares or some of the images that would keep guys awake and keep them nervous uh, during the night. This is just physically couldn't breathe. I'd have to go put my head over a boiling pot of Vicks vapor up to loosen up all of the stuff that was in my nose. Then I'd blow my nose, and it would be full of black and, and full of blood. And then my nose would bleed for a little while. Then I'd go in a shower and get the steam going to try to loosen things up a little bit more. And then I'd come out and I'd spray the saline solutions up in my nose and I'd take my Advair. And, and what was happening was is that I was taking one medication after another. It was taking me an hour to get through this ritual. And I was feeling worse and worse. And what starts to work on you is, is that you don't think you're ever going to get better now. This is five or six months into being away from the site. This is like around January, Christmas time. And I'm thinking I should have started feeling better by now. Maybe I'm never going to feel better. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is what they were talking about. Now, I was not very sick. I was what you call middle sick. I was, and it was more annoying than anything, and it started to work on me mentally. I gave myself another couple of months, and I started hearing from these firefighters um, that they had gone to this detoxification program. I know. I interviewed them. I, I, but you know what was weird about it? When they were talking at first, I didn't want to say anything because we were sitting around a table and a, a few of us were having a, a cold beer. And they started talking about, I'm, I'm deto- no, I don't want any beer, I'm detoxing. And I thought, oh, Jesus, he had an alcohol problem. You know, and he was going through some sort of rehabilitation. Uh, then I started, I said, wait a minute, what, what is this about? And they started talking about this program. 
that these people had, were running that came in from California. And right away for a New Yorker, when you hear California, you're like, uh-oh. Oh, forget it about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm listening to them, and, I, boy, this, you know, sounds good, but, you know, it sounds like pretty hokey stuff, voodoo stuff. And, and, I, and I, I kept going through my rituals every morning, feeling worse and worse, and not really participating with my family. I was just really a shadow of the man I had been. I had no energy. I wasn't sleeping. I was getting more and more depressed because I was not feeling well, couldn't do the things I wanted to do. Plus, then, of course, the images and the things I had been doing were bothering me. So now I finally go to the detoxification center on Fulton Street, and I meet a guy named um, uh, Jim Woodworth, and he starts talking to me, and he's spitting out these things, and I'm looking at him going, boy, I, I don't know whether this is for me. Well, Hold that thought. Hold that thought a minute, uh, Lieutenant Keegan, because I know exactly what you're talking about. When we come back from the break, we're going to hear in detail what this detox thing is, but more importantly, how it has changed the lives of so many people that were actually terminally ill, classified. And we'll be back as uh, Lieutenant William Keegan shares that story and lets everyone know what's available to everyone that has ever suffered anything from toxic illness. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back after this short message. Health Radio NCD, a new oral detoxification product that reduces the effects of environmental toxicity and can help millions across the globe. Natural Cellular Defense is an effective oral detoxifier, a tool in the fight against toxicity. Join our Copious Health team to raise awareness about environmental toxicity and this safe new product. Go to copioushealth.com or call 206-423-6596. That's 206-423-6596. Copioushealth.com. Hi, this is Mark Victor Hansen, and you know me for the chicken soup for the soul, but right now I want to tell you that you've got to listen to my friend Dr. Pat. If you want insights that are out of sight, if you want to go to the next level in your life, you keep listening to this show, because she is so kind and generous that she even lets me recommend my website, markvictorhansen.com, and if you go there, we want to give you goodies. But Pat is giving you the goodies of a bigger, better mind-brain complex, so you can get results that have results that are residual, so you get to have money freedom, time freedom, spiritual freedom, relationship freedom, and go to the highest level, which she's teaching you, which is your genius freedom. Are you ready to kick your life up a notch? Tired of just surviving? The award-winning Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive By, is your way to living the life you want without regrets, without limitations. This empowering, inspirational show with dynamic host Dr. Pat Vasily will leave you shouting, yes, I can. Dr. Pat is a master career and belief coach, dynamic seminar leader, and creator of Crust Busting. Listen to the Dr. Pat Show on AM 1150 KKNW, Monday through Friday, 11 to noon, and worldwide on www.thedrpatshow.com. The Sacred Romance is a new CD produced by Ava and Dennis. This music is straight from the heart and celebrates the light within us all. This music provides a welcome haven for the soul in these troubling times. To receive the CD or see Ava and Dennis live, visit www.thesacredromance.com or call them at 888-62. Call the Oprah of Radio by her listeners. Award-winning host Dr. Pat Basile is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit the drpatshow.com. That's T H E D R patshow.com for listening times in your area. Looking for love in all the wrong places? Tune into the Dr. Pat show to find out how you can come home to the love within your own body. Sabine Granke Taft of Radiant Embodiment can help you relax into the pleasure of your feminine side. Experience her bodywork approach to healing and wholeness in Bellevue, October 6th through 8th. Visit RadiantEmbodiment.com to sign up and smile. That's RadiantEmbodiment.com. Radio Network is streaming this show and other great health talk shows online 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
at healthradionetwork.com. And now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm here with Lieutenant William Keegan. You know, Lieutenant, let's just wrap this story up because you pretty much were down and out in New York City. I mean, there wasn't a, a, a ray of hope for you at all in terms of your physical condition. Right. I was taking medications to fight the side effects of medications I was taking, which were only fighting the symptoms. wasn't doing anything about the core problem. So on June 1st of 2003, one year after I walked off that site, I walked into the detoxification program. And i be honest with you, I'm a cynical cop from New York City. I didn't think it was going to help me. But the doctors who I had gone to, I said to them, listen, do you think it's going to help me? They said, we don't think it's going to help you, but we don't think it's going to hurt you. As soon as I heard those words, it's not going to hurt me, i got to try it because my life is going down. I went into, June, went into this at June 1st, and, I, you know, I'm normally just a quiet guy, and I just keep to myself, and that's how I walked into that place. By the third or fourth day, I started saying hello to people. Now, they do a full testing before you go in. They test you physically. They, they do electric cardiogram. They do blood. They do blood pressures. They do a full workup physically on you to make sure you're able to do this. I walk in there. They hand me my niacin which flushes your body. Anybody who's ever taken niacin knows it, it makes you red and, and gets, it gets you hot. Then they put you onto a treadmill where you, where you exercise for 20 or 30 minutes, get that heartbeat really going, get the blood going. Because the whole idea behind this program is to get whatever is stored in your fatty tissues into your blood and then sweat it out of you. So now you're working on a treadmill. Then they tell you to go into a sauna at 20-minute intervals for an hour and a half. And they give you plenty of water. They give you sea salts and potassium to make sure that your body doesn't shut down its sweating mechanism. And you sit in that sauna and you sweat. And you rub yourself with the towel. And I have seen colors on the sweat of people that you would not believe. Some purple, some black. A lot of oranges towards yellows uh, with people sweating this out. And I'm going to tell you something. They give you plenty of vitamins. They give you oils to help your body excrete and get rid of these toxins. It's the only process I know that works. It's the clear body, clear mind process by L. Ron Hubbard, and it, it's been a lifesaver for a lot of the rescue recovery workers down here. And I Let's give some man. websites out because we're running out of time, and I think this is a miracle process, and I, I have seen it myself. Let's give out the website. For those of you that want to find out more about the detox, nydetox.org or you can go to very simply clearbodyclearmind.com thank you doctor uh, thank you lieutenant william keegan thank you so much for joining this show today uh, much more to talk with you about and we will do it at another time thank you all for listening we'll see you next week right here on health radio network for the health radio network